Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rashpixel.fm. I'm Pete Wright, and that over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Are you so ready for this? I, I'm so a little... Ready? I, well, I, I'm a little scared. Uh, Why? Just because, you know, it can get really confusing to do task management systems can get confusing and you've done a lot of research so i'm excited i'm a basket case you're a basket case yeah 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 (laughs) exactly too many tasks in too many places and the notifications are coming hard and fast oh no (laughs) oh i'm a hot mess but i'm excited this is a good good topic and good show we are talking about to-do systems today i'm very excited about it because this puts an end uh to a long march to the sea for me and investing so many tasks in so many apps. Uh, I know we, we do have some uh, great questions and comments from folks. And uh, so I'm excited to walk through some of these apps that we've talked about over the last several months and and uh, uh, talk about just sort of how we're using them and how we should use them and how what we've learned. Uh, before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right on the website or subscribe to our mailing list right there on the front page and get an email every time a new episode goes live. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook. And, you know, if you if you haven't yet, we sure appreciate you considering uh, jumping into the Patreon uh, support community, uh, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast for a couple of bucks a month. Uh, you get access to our Facebook private group where you see this, uh, you see a live stream of our podcast uh, every Friday and it goes live early for you uh, and uh, all sorts of other little things where we're working hard to uh, improve and, and grow the show. So uh, thank you for participating there. We sure appreciate those of you who, uh, who love the show and have been impacted by the show enough over the last six years to uh, support us that way thank you so much okay nikki to do systems yes we're in a weird place you and me we are because you were using todoist and i was using things and now we've switched seriously you switched to todoist i told you it's so weird well i i don't know this is where my my non-commitment commitment comes in. I have so many, all of my tasks are over on on all of these systems now. And so I feel like we need to hash it out. What is it about each of these that that we love? And uh, how are we using them? I want to I wanna know how you're using them and why uh, why you've made the change. And I want to share with you why I've made the change. <laughs> I, I remember know, this email. I didn't know you actually switched it. I thought you were just looking into it. Oh, I've put all of my tasks in all of the apps, right? And I, I mean... Literally all of the apps, Microsoft to do uh, reminders, things, uh, OmniFocus, Todoist, uh, Wonderlist, uh, and I'm dizzy. I'm sure you it. are. So I can do all my work in any one of those apps, and they'll all scream at me when I don't. Right. So uh, that's that's kind of where we are. But we were in this place where I was very excited about. Uh, trying a collaborative list in in Todoist. And late one night, you had sent me some things that you needed me to do. And so I put the tasks in Todoist and I said, hey, look at me. I'm trying out Todoist for this upcoming show. And here's a here's a request to share this particular little project with you. And you wrote me back immediately saying, hey, that's so funny. I'm testing out things for a client and I think I'm going to recommend it. And I really like it. I might stay here. And my uh-huh. mind was blown. It was, it was, my mind was blown. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Uh, yeah. And so now here we are. Go ahead. I'm a very simple gal. And so um, 
what I'm looking for and what you're looking for are two very, very different things. So I just want to make sure people understand that, that I am very, very simple. But what you told me when I told you I was on things is that you loved Todoist because it was so simple. It is. But there was one thing and I'll talk. I don't know when you want me to talk about it, but there right. was one thing about things that I, that Todoist does not do. And if you, and I know you can make it do it, but it's a lot harder and it's still not as visually appeasing. So uh, there is one thing that, that was like done deal. I'm moving over. I, I, I love that. I'm proud of you for embracing such change. Usually I feel like I, I drag you along. Well, I'm not embracing update change very well. No, that's a, that's a whole different show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's say, you know, so the, the whole nut of this is, you know, over the last couple of months, I've been essentially managing OmniFocus and Todoist and Things 3 and Trello and Microsoft Todo and Wonderlist, all these things. And the objective is to see if any one of these apps really shines in, in three key ways, right? Number one is simplicity of getting data into the system. Number two is simplicity of maintaining a system that makes sense for the work I do. And number three, simplicity of managing tasks and associated notes toward completion, right? It's, it's, that's like I can manage stuff all the live long day, but if it doesn't make it easy to check off the box that is done, then I'm, I'm in trouble and it doesn't, um, it doesn't work for me. And so there are, I feel like we should start with things, uh, things three. It is a Mac only app. Uh, well, I should say Mac only and iOS only. So it's not really only it's, it's Apple ecosystem only. And I know that's a a little bit frustrating for, for some folks who are, um, Microsoft folks. I have been using Things 3 for um, a long, since it came out, right? Since the day it launched, I'd been very curious about Things 2. I'd used Things 2 when it launched years ago, uh, and uh, it, it hadn't been updated for the longest, longest time. And it was it was very frustrating. I felt like the development team had just forgotten about it. And then suddenly Things 3 came out, and it's gorgeous. It is really a, a beautiful app. And and that's important, right? I mean, it it's is. important. Uh, I think so. You know, the design... Huge, yeah. right? And I think specifically for ADHD, if your system, if you're to do your workbox, uh, to call back to a very early podcast, if your workbox is a mess, if it's not visually approachable, you're not going to be able to like look at it and see the work you need to do and get it done when you need to do it. And that's huge. Uh, and that's a thing that you uh, really appreciate. Yes. So I'm going to do my best to explain this. Um you know, so it, 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 people can understand it. So I have nothing. I mean, I still like Todoist. I think that, you know, as I said, probably what, two weeks ago, Todoist works for me. I, you know, I don't have any issues with it. So it was really surprising for me to, to make that switch because I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't looking for it at all. Um, but the thing that's very similar about Todoist and things is the basic setup. Like if I'm looking at both of them right now, kind of compared to each other and they both have an inbox, they both have today's, uh, you know, what's going on today. Um, Todoist has the next seven days and things has, you know, upcoming. So there's a lot of very similar things. Um, Todoist has projects and then under the project, is where you have all of, you know, your checklist of things to do under that project. This is what sold me on things is that they take it a step further. So you have these areas 
right? That you can put in. So as you're seeing on your screen right now, you have rash pixel mm -hmm. as an area. And then underneath rash pixel is all of the different projects that have to do with that category. Well, then right. if you go under, we'll use yours. So let's say now we're in this, uh, I, I clicked on this ADHD to do system walkthroughs. And so this is the, the area is rashpixel.fm. The project is ADHD, whatever the number of this episode is to do system walkthroughs. And then we're here on the the project and you can see some of the uh, if you're on the live stream, you can see some of the notes that that we've we've gotten. And then below that, you get all of the tasks with headers. Right. I've added a bunch of headers. Right. Here, so. And that's the thing is that underneath the project, you can have these headers, which separates breaks down the project even more. So. That's probably the easiest way for me to say it is that Todoist does a great job with categories and tasks under that category. But I think Things um, does an excellent job um, of breaking it down even further. So, um, you know, to just give an example, because people aren't who aren't seeing the screen share, um, I can have a project where I did a webinar this week and I can break that down into what emails need to be sent, what, what content needs to be done with the webinar, what marketing needs to be done. And I can see each task under those groups and it's so clear. And the other thing that I really like that I just found out today, because I'm still kind of, ex you know, exploring this is that when you go to your to-do list or your today list, it comes with everything. You can see all of it, but then you can break it down into category two. So if you want to just look at the stuff that you need to do for your office, or you want to look at stuff that's just important that day, you can just look at those tasks and not have to see everything, you know, all in one huge list. So I... Mm -hmm. now you're talking about the way it uses tags too, right across the top. I'm in the today view. And you can see I also have my calendar uh, integrated with it. So right at the top of today, I see all of my appointments that are scheduled. And then I have the uh, categories uh, or tags of all of the tasks that I have in the today view visible right now. It shows me a, a, a header here that says 10 new to do's have been added to your today list. That means like if you end the day yesterday, the today list was was clear. And this morning, it's telling me, hey, 10 new things have just added to your list. And there are little uh, uh, gold uh, dots next to each task, like daily review and laundry and take out the trash. And I can click OK and make those go the little highlights go away. Um, and then I have it broken up by by area so I can see what's in personal, what's in Rash Pixel FM, what's in what's that smell, what's in regular Rash Pixel business client stuff. So, you know, the the look of it is is very simple. There's one other element that you you haven't mentioned, which I, I do want to call out, which is the next layer of um, uh, of sort of depth. When you have a project, let's go into um, uh, let's say we go into what's that smell a, a podcast i'm i'm starting and we'll start a new task and then we'll go into uh the checklist great for things like grocery lists and and little uh, uh you know things that i need to do every week you can see that there is a task list now associated with a task a checklist associated within a task so it's an, an another layer of uh, depth that goes into um, uh, into each each task beyond area, then project, then you know 
task than yeah. checklist. So those are the four levels you get. And you can't really go no, any deeper than that, right? I mean, that's that's it. So you can't nest projects inside of other projects. That's something you can't do. So when it comes to breaking down your tasks, you really have a project, the tasks that go into it. And if there is a smaller level of detail you need to use, then you can uh, then you can use the checklist within the task. And that's the, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where it stops. And that's why I, that's why I moved. I mean, was, was that, so. Yeah. It, it is very simple. It is very, very, very simple and, and, and beautiful. It is easily the most beautiful and approachable of all of these, the, the things that I, I looked at the, um, uh, the design, it looks great across all devices. You don't have this first slash second class citizen, uh, app, you know, it, it looks beautiful on, on the computer. It looks beautiful on the, there's no web access to it. Uh, it is a, the, the prime citizen is, is the computer and it syncs your database across uh, your devices through the things cloud account. Everybody has to buy it. If you, if you have a family uh, and you're an iCloud member, you can, uh, or you have iCloud family sharing enabled, uh, they do have this app available for sharing so that you don't have to repurchase every version of it. Uh, but that is something that's definitely been a frustration for some folks. It is a quality app, this Things 3. And and so I, I would argue, uh, in my experience, it's worth the expense, but uh, it, it's not cheap. Um, and and so that's that's definitely an issue. And uh, there's no freemium option either. You just, you got to buy it or, or don't. Um, it doesn't scale all that well. You know, we talked about, um, you know, once you have a lot of tasks and, and a lot of projects, it, it gets very sort of cumbersome. You know, I, if I have right now, um, you know, five active shows in the list under Rash Pixel FM, and that is, you know, once I have more that are in the cycle of, of you know, ready to do. Uh, then this list gets so long, I can no longer really keep track of what's in my uh, what's in my sidebar. So scaling is a real question for um, for things three. I find, uh, you know, I end up having to use the uh, the due date or the when and deadline so you can set this. So here's what's that smell. If I say uh, I don't want to do this project until tomorrow then it suddenly disappears from the sidebar. It won't show up until it's in the window of available. And, and that's a, um, you know, that's kind of a nice thing to, to think about. So when you go into the area, uh, you see all of your projects that are available. And then, uh, you know, you scroll down and see what's upcoming. Uh, and, and so that's useful. I also like this someday option. You can say, hey, here's a task that, uh, it, you know, I definitely need to do, but I, I don't really have a. am waiting on something or I'm waiting on somebody and I, I can't do it yet. So that's important to to kind of keep in mind. So there, there are some levels of, of detail here that are useful. But things three, uh, super useful. You had a question, too, Nikki, about sharing tasks and projects. Uh, and it it's not very pretty. Um, so you you can share. Uh, but it shares as like just a straight up task, um, uh, you know, so if I share, let's see. Now, the people that are listening to the podcast aren't seeing this, right? They aren't. So you got to be watching the live stream. And you know what? For this one, maybe we'll post the YouTube version of this so in the in the show notes on the website so you can actually walk through it. I think it's important. Uh, to, to have this. So anyway, you click on the share. If you right click on the on the project you want to share and click on share, then it gives you the standard Mac share options. So let's say you want to, you know, share it in a message. Uh, as soon as you 
uh, open messages, it just gives you the title and the brackets and the it's just text. It's not something you can you, you really do anything uh, with. It's just sort of ugly. Uh, and so this thing is not designed as a collaborative tool. It's really not. It, it is designed as a personal to-do application. And this is in contrast to a tool like Trello, for example, which was centrally designed as a collaborative, you know, experience and uh, where, you know, it's it is on the Web. It is a team project and you have, you know, tasks. I have this Trello board we're looking at in the live stream right now that has, you know, some of the tax tasks. My wife is exploring Trello for her uh, business and and uh, her team. And it, I it's fascinating. I really struggle with Trello as a personal planning tool. Um, this sort of Kanban board where you create your your boards or you you create these these sort of buckets and then you drag cards between the buckets so you can name these buckets whatever you want here's our active task tax tax tasks and we have to prep our taxes and then you drag these over to completed projects when you're done and then it's then it's done um and we have our list of shame which is you know my goodness we this is a thing we haven't done and we really need to do it because <laughs> we feel terrible sad. about it so <laughs> It's it no it's it's sad it's really sad so so Trello is a really interesting thing the nice thing about Trello is it's available for every platform it's since it's web based it's everywhere and uh, that that is an, an important thing to to think about uh, I, I would just just back to to things briefly uh, one of the things I love most about it is it's it doesn't nag you when you don't do things and this helps the ADHD brain uh, where if you have a task that was due today and you didn't do it, or or you just had it as available today, tomorrow when you show up, they just kick it forward. It's just now it's available mm -hmm. today, today, right? It was available yesterday. Now it's available today. It doesn't glare at you. It doesn't highlight it as bright red and send you notifications that you're a terrible person. It's just mm -hmm. available today. And and I think that's a very gentle uh, way to remind you that you have stuff that's done. So um, last, I'm a huge fan of templates. I adore templates and I have so many tasks that are templated. Uh, and when I go into things, uh, it, you know, I scroll down to my, let's see, my templates area. I don't know how well you can see this. I go over to my templates area and look at all these tasks. They're all marked as someday because they're not due. And then I have uh, the the tasks all prepped with headings. So you can see I have my, uh, this is the ADHD podcast and uh, I have, you know, prep and research, which is uh, as a heading. So I need to build the show notes doc. I need to research background or whatever we're talking about. And then recording and production. I need to record the show and produce the audio and upload it to Libsyn to host it. I need to do the design things. All of these things are, are in this, this template. Then all I have to do is duplicate the template. I select the ADHD podcast and I hit command D and now I have two of them. And then I take the ADHD podcast and I drag it over to Rashpixel FM. And now it's no longer a template. Now it's a thing I can edit in my, uh, and, and put dates associated with it and uh, actually get the work done. Uh, and how do you do that? How do you actually manage the dates? This is one of my absolute favorite and well thought out pieces of uh, of things three. I just click to select, say, these three tasks, and then I take them and I drag them up to upcoming and I drop them. And all it does is show me a date picker 
and I can just select the date. And now all of those three tasks are available on Monday. Wow, pretty slick. That's so cool. <laughs> it's so slick and so fast for managing mm-hmm, a whole bunch mm-hmm. of tasks, uh, uh, individual tasks, uh, due dates, and deadlines. So I'm a I'm a big fan of um, of it, and and I think it's uh, I, I think it's it's very cool. I also, I you know, I guess we should look at the upcoming view because I think that's something you made a comment of uh, on, which is, um, you know, this upcoming is really nice. It actually gives you your your entire calendar and says, here's tomorrow. Here's what you here are your appointments and here are the projects that you have slated as due. Here's Sunday. Here's the stuff you got to do. Here's Monday. Here's the stuff you got to do. You can really get mm-hmm. a sense of how busy you are uh, going through the the you know the upcoming uh, and then it breaks it down by month once you get out of the next week you keep scrolling now it's here's the rest of february here's march there's april look at all the crap you have to do so uh it's a pretty useful little interface what do you think Did i cover everything you like about it yeah absolutely from there i went back to omnifocus yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at OmniFocus in a long long time OmniFocus is i mean you can see here it's been a little while since i've uh, since i played since i played with omnifocus uh, I have it set up exactly the same way. You, if you look over on the, the the left column, I have all my projects. I have the inbox and then personal and then Rashpixel FM for the podcast and Rashpixel for the clients, photography, uh, gifts. Uh, I keep my gift lists in here for everybody and then templates. And uh, all of these things work essentially the same. Um, it, it's just I, I look at it. And I find, I don't know if it's that, you know, I, I've gotten old maybe. And when I put started wearing glasses and then I take glasses off, that's what it feels like using things and then going back to, to OmniFocus. There are a dizzying array of options and it those options are not hidden well enough uh, when it comes time to actually, you know, do the work and schedule your work. I, I am way too easily overwhelmed uh, by what comes next uh, and how to, you know, how to clearly see what is available. It requires a, a great amount of work. Uh, this is very much follows the um, uh, the GTD, uh, getting things done, David Allen methodology. The One of the reasons I went back to um, to OmniFocus is because I listened to an interview with Ken Case, who is the um, uh, the CEO of OmniFocus, and I was fascinated by some of the things he said. First of all, you know, when I talk about how the dizzying array of options, one of the things he said was that we think that there are a lot of options, and we want to practice what we call progressive disclosure, which means it's very simple. And then when you need an option, say you type in a task. All you need to see is the task. But when if you need a date and you start typing a date, then you'll see the options for dates. And once you type in a date, you're you are enabled to activate repeating tasks. And so with everything you do, it discloses another option that you might logically need next. If you don't need to go that far, it won't take you that far. And I think that's really important, Um, as we'll see in a minute. OmniFocus Talking about progressive disclosure in the next version coming this year um, is, is a little bit of a day late dollar short when you look at what you know things and and Todoist in particular are doing. Um, so um, that's OmniFocus. I, I don't feel like I need to spend a lot of time on OmniFocus. It's uh, it, it's kind of a mess, and I'm I'm confident in my decision not to be using it. I trust you, Pete. <laughs> Because you have to make decisions. And so if you can eliminate one, then eliminate it. I mean, that's the best thing you can do. So uh, let's then talk about Todoist. 
The nice thing about Todoist is it's everywhere, right? There are no questions. Todoist is on every platform, Windows, Mac, uh, web. So it's on Linux. It's everywhere. It's on Windows Phone and Android and iPhone. It's it's everywhere. Uh, the challenges, uh, it, it, it's not doesn't look the same everywhere. Sometimes like iOS is in particular a, a fifth class citizen. Like it's just a, a terrible uh, uh, app. It's <laughs> really, sad. really ugly. Um, but the things that it does well, uh, it, it does pretty well. Um, it has the same sort of uh, metaphor up in the top left. You have inbox, you have today, and you have the next seven days. And it'll break down the work that you have coming that you've scheduled. Um, you have projects where you can say, you know, here's, you know, here's a major area and, and here's a project inside of that area. And within that area, you can have projects that are check-offable. You can nest tasks beneath them and nest tasks even further beneath them. It is seemingly endless, the levels to which you can go to break down your projects. And that's one of the reasons I thought was curious that that was one of your complaints, because actually Todoist allows you to nest and break down work at, at a much greater level of detail than uh, than Things does. Things actually stops you. It Physically, you can't, you can't break down tasks any further but the astute part is that in Todoist, it's tricky. It's you have to man, you have to know a keyboard shortcut. You have to know to hover over this particular area of the task to move to drag the task to indent it, uh, and and so it's you have to know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So see exactly what's happened is. Ex- I mean, when you and this is the problem with OmniFocus. I think when you don't know what it's capable of doing, then you don't do it, and then you go to a different app because you see that that app does it. So that I mean, and that's why. I, yeah, that's exactly it. I didn't and know see, you could. This do that. is also the danger that the other side of the the progressive disclosure sword, right? Uh, one of the things that we have going on with Todoist is it is incredibly powerful with natural language task processing. So I can type type in uh, in the task. I can say um, update this part of the book. Uh, hashtag and then a project and then at sign and then a tag and or maybe I'm the other way around. It's at sign project hashtag tag and it will and uh, every Thursday or every other Thursday at 4 p.m. and it will go ahead and parse all of that data and put the the task in the right place with the right label and the right date. And it does it all without me ever having to lift my fingers off the keyboard. That is a really cool part of uh, of Todoist that they have spent an enormous amount in natural language processing. It's also the the thing that you have to that that's a little bit opaque. You don't know what you can type. You just have to sort of trust that I'm going to start typing something and hope that they've thought of this before I have. Um and and once you get to that point, once you kind of have that Hail Mary experience, um, you know, it's it's pretty smart. Um, I, I just want to show you how I have chosen to use uh, to set up OmniFocus or not OmniFocus to set up Todoist. And I'm doing this in the web. Uh, I'm doing this in the web because this is a web native system. Todoist exists first and foremost on the web, right? That's the mothership. And I think the folks at Doist, the company that runs to Doist, if they had their druthers, they would not develop for any other platform. They really love the web. And I think, you know, I, uh, that's 
it, it's the best web-based tool that I've run into. And, and uh, um, you know, I haven't talked about, uh, you know, uh, Toodly Do or Remember the Milk, um, but but I think, uh, you know, in my experience, and I didn't invest in, in those two uh, in particular, those web-based tools, but I think Todoist actually has a leg up on them, um, you know, this round. So here's my today. Up in the top left, we have our inbox. And today I have 39 tasks I need to get done today. And in the next seven days, I have 108 tasks that are that are going to be coming due. Uh, I have my projects set up very similar to the to the projects that I've set up in things and and uh, uh, OmniFocus, predictably personal photography, Rashpixel FM for the network stuff, Rashpixel for the company stuff, gifts for others, and then my templates, my beloved, beloved templates. Uh, and as we move over, we can see how what the tasks look like when you have done the work of scheduling them and putting them in the right place in the today view. In this case, I have some tasks that I have specific times associated with, and I like how the times show up in bold. Everything that has a time associated with it is means I have specifically allocated time on my calendar. More about that in a little bit. Uh, and yeah, see, I never used that because it bugged me. <laughs> That's well, funny. I, I'm going to show you why it might not bug you uh, once you once I talk about calendaring, because this is a really important thing. Um, uh, so you also have the project uh, where it is, uh, you know, where it lives and you have the uh, color code. I have them color coded. And then below that, we have the tasks that are not, uh, uh, you know, associated with specific times, uh, but I need still need to do them. And in fact, I've assigned a priority one to these three tasks. I need to do those or they will cause other things to slip. And I have a priority two task that I need to do, uh, but it's not going to cause something else to slip if I don't get it done. Uh, I have some personal tasks. Yep, today, this weekend, it's laundry day. And so I have some tasks associated with laundry uh, and, uh, you know, tasks like, hey, I need to uh, record the show that we're recording right this second. So that's what my projects look like. And if I open up uh, the uh, project list here, let's say, for example, uh, I open up Rashpixel FM, uh, you will see that, in fact, I have a project for every show. And within those shows, uh, within the show uh, project, I have the show tasks uh, broken up. Again, look at the level of detail here. I have the task here and you'll see I have it in bold. Um, that is a very cool feature, but how would you know to do this in Todoist? If you type two exclamation points before and after the task, it makes it bold. And that makes it sort of a de facto header. But this is even cooler, Nikki Kinzer. Below that, you'll see I have a prep and research task, but where is the Where's the checkbox? It's not there, Nikki Kinzer. There's no checkbox there. How did I do that? You just add a colon. Add a colon at the... How did you know I, this? I, this how is how you know absurd my life has been. This is how absurd my life has been. I have invested deeply into this ecosystem to try and figure out what is so great about it. In fact, once you get these things in your fingertips, it makes it much easier to embrace. I, I am as surprised in any, as anybody. If I go back here and type my exclamation points, now I have a task that is a header and it's in bold. Uh, and and so. But did you go on some kind of video on oh, Todoist and they showed you how to do this? Not on Todoist, but I, on YouTube and blogs and all kinds of things. It's It's just a matter of. 
of kind of figuring out hmm. uh, where to go. So I've invested a lot into figuring this out. Also, uh, all of the keyboard sh- shortcuts are weird. And yes, I did go on Todoist to figure out what the keyboard shortcuts were like uh, because they're not, uh, they're mostly non-standard. You know, you don't hit N or Command N to put a new task. You use Q and A. Like it's a very strange uh, setup to make this all work the way you need to make it work. But once you get it in your fingers, it is remarkably powerful. This little, uh, I'm looking at a little drag handle here. This little drag handle is what allows you to indent tasks and, you know, further break down the work you have to do. So, but I have a question. Why don't you just go to things and do it the way that they have it laid out where it's a lot easier? I'm so glad you asked that, Nikki. It's like you were reading the show notes. Uh, this, this calendar integration thing is nothing to shake a stick at. You know me, I love me some calendar integration. And what I usually, my daily planning looks like is I take my calendar and I go in and I say, okay, I'm going to drag tasks from Todoist and I'm going to put it into my calendar. And in fact, you can't really do that from the web, um, because it doesn't interact that way, but you can do it from the Todoist app on the Mac or the PC. But, this is this is genius. This is sheer mad genius. So you go over here and you click on settings and you go into settings and it takes you to this fancy window. And over on the left side of this fancy window, there's a thing called um, uh, what's it called? Uh, integrations. You go into integrations and look at this. I have a couple of integrations that are really important. In Spark, for example, I have set up, Spark is my email client. I've set up the keyboard shortcut where if I hit command option T, it automatically sends emails directly into Spark. That's very handy. But look at this. Look at this beautiful thing. This is Google two-way calendar syncing between my scheduled Todoist tasks and my Google calendar. And now in my... But now all your tasks are in your calendar. But they're in my calendar at the time I have uh, said that I want to do them. But what if you don't do them at that time? You move them. Mm. But look at when I put something with a time on it, Nikki, I am zealous about that. That means I have said this task has to be done at this time and I'm blocking that time off. So you've gated it. So you're not putting every single thing that you need to do. This is the stuff that's the most important. Let me show you. This is what my calendar looks like right now. The, the red, the blue is stuff that I have gated. The red is stuff that Todoist has added. And so you can see here, I have a video project uh, uh, that's coming up this afternoon. I have a daily review. I have two tests that are part of the same project that all that will both get done in this half hour here. Uh, and so all of these things are blocked on my calendar. People cannot schedule time with me because I've committed those tasks directly to count. This is the exact same process of gating that I used to do manually, dragging tasks from my to-do app into the calendar manually. Now I just manage it in one place. So it has saved me a step. When I assign a time to a task, it's on my calendar as an appointment. And that means that task is sacrosanct. That is something I'm not going to mess with. Uh, It is a priority one. I have to get the work done at that time. Everything else, else that isn't associated with the time, I'm going to sneak into the holes here. I'll, I'll find a time to get those done. But this stuff is really important to me and I will get it done. Uh, and in some cases, you know, there are a whole bunch of tasks associated with this. What's that smell podcast, the trailer and the intro. And after those are that's like 15 tasks that are sitting in Todoist right now. I only need one task in there in my calendar for an hour and a half. I'll get all that stuff done in that period. So this calendar integration 
is bananas. Like it is the thing. And and this isn't something that things does. Not at all. No. You can't do it you with can things. Do, so this what is... I was doing with things was dragging the task out of things and putting it in onto my calendar and my calendar app. And it was fine. It was it was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that I can associate this and do this uh, and save myself a step is it's a big deal. And you're deal. not overwhelmed when you look at your calendar and you see all this stuff that you have to do? Uh, you know, I'm not because of the color. You know, I look at it and I see it and I I, I know what, what it really means for me. I already know what time it is because the notification is going to come up. I see it on my watch. This is the next thing I have to do. But the most important piece is that people cannot schedule with me, right? I have my Calendly open and it's checking conflicts against these two calendars. And people cannot go in there and schedule time when I have promised myself that I'm going to do this work. And that is hugely, hugely important. Um, So the fact that I can do it all in one step, in one app, and not have to um, and, and not have to think about, you know, protecting my time, which is I'm I am a zealot about protecting my time. You know that. I mean, I just it's it's huge yeah. or I won't get the stuff done. So that is one of the things that I just now I'm confused. I know. And I, I you also have to say, like, if at the end of the day, Shoot. when I go back into Todoist and I see tasks that I just didn't get to, I you know, you run out of time, you don't get to them. It has this kind of AI scheduling tool. You just say, hey, this is a task I know I'm going to have to do. But, you know, it's looking at all of my tasks. Todoist is. And it says, hey, you have a busy Monday. You have a busy Tuesday, but it looks like you don't have that busy of a Wednesday. We recommend you schedule this task for Wednesday. It's thinking ahead for me. And I kind of like that. I I don't do it with every task, this sort of auto reschedule, but you can. And uh, I I think that's a, a pretty interesting tool. The uh, wow. uh, so okay. the calendar, the advanced power that is hidden underneath these labels and filters is amazing. You don't have to do any of it, but adding tags, labels uh, and, and projects and then filtering them in those the, the two little side areas there uh, next to projects is enormously powerful. I don't want to get into it today. Um, you know, we, I showed you how my projects are laid out um, in, in the major areas, but uh, we can talk about filters another time if that's of interest to, to folks. Um, I, I feel like we've been kind of. Uh, going on here. The, again, the design sucks of Todoist. I'm not. I I don't like it. I I find it hard. To Why do. though? I mean, it to me it looks the same as things. I, really, I can't put my finger on it. I wish I could, but I look at it and it makes my eyes cross. It really does. Like I don't know if it's just the typography they've chosen. I don't know if it's that it's that non-intuitive. This is fundamentally a web app, but it's wrapped in an application window, so it it looks like it should be an app and it should behave like a native app on my system. The keyboard shortcuts should work, and they don't. Those kinds of things break my brain a little bit and have required a significant amount of retraining. Once I got my head around those things. I'm I, I'm I've acclimated to it very well. So I think after all of this exploration, I'm probably sticking with Todoist. Uh, the the things that stand out for me uh, as positives are things that um, uh, that that overwhelmingly beat out the things that I don't like about them. So I don't know. Um, I have to because I, I haven't bought anything on things yet. I'm still in the trial period. Yeah. So I I gotta. I don't know. I'm kind of in limbo. I got to make a decision. Any suggestion on how, I mean, if other people are considering between these tools, I mean, how do you make a decision? Do do the trials. I mean, I I really think like if it's important to you to actually uh, understand all the nuts and bolts of these things, do the trials and invest. I mean, I, uh, the only thing I can suggest, I know this, this, 
believe me, I, as somebody living with ADHD and anxiety, uh, I can tell you I know how hard it is to do this. And I, I think that the investment of 15 minutes a day for a week, uh, actually putting your tasks in the system and checking them off and putting them in folders and putting them in projects and, and exploring the, the nuts and bolts, go what there are so many great, great YouTube channels of uh, productivity experts who are doing detailed walkthroughs of functions and feature, features and sharing how they set up their system, uh, just like I did. You know, here's what my projects look like. Those are those are things that people do uh, as a, a help, and it's it's wonderful. I may do a video like that myself and just walk through. Here's here's my to do list setup after you know a couple of weeks uh, and migrating. I, I think that might be maybe if that's helpful for people, maybe I'll do that. Um, uh, so uh, I I think that is um, that is handy. Uh, oh. <sighs> I, I'm going to say this thing because it came in as a comment on Facebook. We'll get to the other comments uh, after. But uh, Chris just mentioned something that I have to say to everybody. Uh, yes, uh, Siri can add tasks to Todoist and OmniFocus and things. Uh, it's part of SiriKit. A lot of these developers have said, you know, we want to make sure that Siri can can talk to uh, our apps. Uh, but Todoist is the most comical because you have to actually say, you know, hey, lady, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say it because I don't want to trigger anybody's things, but you say, hey, lady, um, uh, add blah, 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 blah in to doist, to doist, to doist. To doist? Because <laughs> she doesn't understand. Because she doesn't understand to doist. And that seems like something a computer should be able to figure out. Like that's, it just should be. But I find I can't, sometimes I just can't do it because I end up, I still to this day end up laughing to do it. It reminds me of when you see somebody and you don't remember their name. Yeah. Hey, you. Hey, you. Yeah. It's so, so good to see you. Very. <laughs> um, so anyhow, hey, they, you know, I think that that investing the time to actually set up some projects that you're working, you know, I, I so the way I approach it is what am I working on today? When I br- open up a new app for the first time, there are no tasks in it. What am I working on today? And uh, if I have a sense of that, then I take 15 minutes in the morning and I type in all the tasks that I need to work on for the day. Maybe it's 10 tasks. Maybe it's, you know, however many I can get through. And then I use that app for the things I'm working on today. And invariably, at the end of the day, when I do my, you know, four o'clock daily review, I'll have, uh, you know, more uh, to add in for tomorrow and I'll have more to check off from today. And eventually you find that you've you've sort of migrated uh, and and now you have a system that's built into one of these apps. In my case, I spent a couple of hours every night uh, actually manually copying and pasting and, and typing in tasks. So I had my entire life of tasks for the given month in each of these apps. And um, and, and so I've I, I feel like I've. I've gotten a real handle on all the the way repeating tasks work and all these things, and I'm I'm sticking with Todoist, to to Doist, <laughs> to Doist. To Doist. <laughs> uh, Microsoft To Do. Uh, you know, some folks have mentioned Wonderlist. Uh, I got an email about Wonderlist. Uh, you know, it does all of the great things. I, I think it's it it is a really terrific app. It was bought by Microsoft, and Microsoft doesn't seem to know what to do with it right now. It hasn't really been touched uh, in, in a couple in a couple of years. I think since the purchase, many of the features are starting to roll into Microsoft To Do, uh, and that is, I think, the rebranded replacement of Wonderlist. I don't know. There was a major server outage for the Sync server a couple of weeks ago. Like it's just it's falling apart. If you're a Wonderlist user, I totally get it. Uh, it's a great app. It it syncs between people. You can have collaborative lists just like Todoist. <laughs> Todoist. Uh, 
but it's uh, it, it looks like it's fallen to pieces and Microsoft hasn't really released their plan yet. So it's kind of an unknown. Uh, and then Apple Reminders, if you bought your iPhone, uh, the Reminders app is the first place that, that you'll go. It's a Siri first-class citizen. You can add reminders. You have multiple lists. You can share lists collaboratively if you have a grocery list with a partner or spouse. Uh, and, and all of those things work. Again, both of these apps, To-Do and Reminders, um, they don't scale well if you want to have a serious uh, you know, work planning system. They just don't scale very well. And so if you if you don't have a very complex uh, you know, life with the work you need to manage, then they might be just perfect. Uh, they, they don't scale enough for me. So that's that's where we are. Uh, questions from you, Nikki. What what have you uh, what have you uncovered? Here? That I thought I made a decision and now I'm second guessing it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I have I'm to. So sorry. No, it's just a matter. I think I just need to look at the two, and um, yeah. you know, I'm at that point where everybody gets, you know, you're comfortable with something, and then you see something new, and you're like, okay, but you just told me that I could do that with my old one, yeah, and so. Um, now I'm just rethinking, is it, what do I need to do? And I'm kind of thinking of my workflow process too, right? Yeah. You always kind of evaluate that. It's like, wh- where am I most effective? And then what, what am I not? Because I have found that, you know, there are pieces that go missing to certain projects. So how can I make sure that I'm capturing that, um, with these lists and, and all of that. So I just have to take some time to compare the two and figure out yeah. what I'm doing. You know, well, and I would um, tell you as a, as a, a thing to do when you are, you go back to those three elements that we talked about at the very beginning, right? That the three things that I was searching for, how easy is it for you to get things into the system? How easy is it for you to maintain the system? And how easy is it for you to use the system to move toward completion? Getting things into the system is a really important thing. Not only technically, how easy is it to actually physically, press the buttons or copy things in and type. But uh, how easy is it around your head to say, I know that this is a thing I have to accomplish. And the first place I'm going to look for that thing is not on a sticky note. It's not in a new scratch Evernote note. It's in my work system, whether it's things or to do or whatever it is, you know, it's, it, it yeah. needs to go there. And so mastering those shortcuts uh, of, you know, there are shortcuts that you can activate that says for all of these apps, where if you select text in an email and hit a shortcut, uh, different for all these apps, but hit a shortcut, it'll open up a pop-up window with the text in the task. And then you hit return and save it. And now it's in your system. It's there with a couple of quick keystrokes, master those keystrokes, and you will be, you will find yourself in just such better shape. Nesting task. It's on the Mac. It's command square brackets. So move tasks (laughs) in and out. But if you master that on Todoist, your projects will become perfect every time because you'll know how to do it very, very quickly without lifting your fingers from the keyboard. So master those keyboard shortcuts. Go up to the help menu and search for keyboard shortcuts uh, for your particular app and learn them because they will save your butt and they'll make it so much more fun to use. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's that's that. Well, and the only thing I have to say, too, about cost, I know a lot of people um, are concerned about that. And like you said, the yeah. things is, is expensive. Um, and you have to buy it everywhere. That's kind of a frustrating right, thing with Todoist. Yeah. It's a subscription. You get all the apps on every platform, Everything. but you're paying the monthly subscription right? or the yearly right. subscription. Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is what I think about that. I mean, I think that if you can find one, whether it's things or <laughs> Todoist uh, <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> 
it's worth the cost, right? I totally yeah. think it's worth that investment because if you can find something that really organizes your tasks, helps you with that workflow, keeps you organized, something you can easily tweak that's flexible. I mean, it there it, that's priceless information there. I mean, that that to me is worth the investment. So find something mm-hmm. that you resonate with and works. And I, I don't know, don't think twice about it, in my opinion. It's helping. I out. agree with that. And I, you know, as somebody who purchased things and is not using it actively anymore, I don't regret it at all because I got way more than the value of the, uh, of things I, in value than the cost over just the time I was using it. So right. uh, I have zero regrets in that purchase. It's an amazing app and it's incredibly well built. Uh, you know, if you're a, if you're a Mac user, it's, it's really great. So yeah. um, I, I hear, I have it on some authority uh, from those in the business that uh, to Todoist is stands for a little bit of a, a visual update this year, 2018. Oh. Um, so I'm I'm hopeful for that. Um, but uh, I'm I'm also so far I'm pretty pleased with what uh, with what I've seen. So uh, we'll see how this goes. All right. Well, I think we're done with this little uh, this little Tesla showdown. If you have any questions after uh, uh, all of this the confusion in my head we go back yeah. and forth <laughs> i am ready to start checking things off my list here uh so i'm gonna do that uh, but if you have any questions please let us know find us on uh, in uh, on facebook or twitter or send us an email uh, and we will uh, you can find that on the website and uh, we'll definitely uh, give you a follow-up in coming weeks the next digital episode in particular and yeah if you're interested in a little walkthrough of uh, a more detailed walkthrough of my to to doist uh, setup <laughs> uh, i'm happy to do it just uh, just let me know let me know give me a thumbs up if you think that that would be a useful thing to you uh thank awesome. you everybody for joining us for this very episode on behalf of nick Kinzer, i'm pete wright and we'll catch you next time right here on taking control the adhd podcast mm-hmm.